most of America is a fat kid. So this should be relatable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like three out of every four Americans is a fat kid. So um, I am not a fat kid. Well, it's, it's kind of like once you're a fat kid, you're always a fat kid. I'm technically not a fat kid anymore, but, you know, I'll still have some fat kid tendencies. And if I don't watch it, I can be a fat kid real easy again. So I was not born a fat kid. I was not born to be fat. I became fat at a young age through uh, boredom on my part and neglect on my family members' part. Neglect and shitty nutrition on my family's part. Um, yeah, so I was a pretty normal kid. I was never skinny, skinny kid. Um, like my little brothers, when they were young, they were like skinny, skinny kids. Um, I was a little... I was always like slightly tall for my age. I'm like 5'11 now, so I never made it to six foot, so I wouldn't consider myself tall, but I'm definitely not like short. Um, I'm a little taller than average. Um, and I was always that as a kid. So, um, and I was just kind of normal. Yeah. Until I lived in Berlin and it was like, I guess it was I want to say it was fourth grade. So fourth grade living in Berlin. And I think after fourth, so that summer between fourth grade and fifth grade, which is seven or eight or eight or nine, somewhere around there. Let's say I was eight. I went, um, I went back to the States to visit my grandmother. She was living in Riverside, California. Um, I went there for the whole summer, so it was about, I don't know, two and a half months, whatever that is, um, and I was just, like, hanging out with the grandmother, and I was excited for this to happen, because, like, young when I was young, living in Berlin, like, all the kids hated it, because we felt we were missing out on all the great American shit, we were missing out on all the cool fast food, we were missing out on all the TV, and all the cartoons, and, you know, the dumb kid shit, um... It wasn't until later I started to, you know, once I hit kind of junior high, high school, I really started to appreciate, you know, Berlin was the shit and America fucking sucks. Um, But young, you know, you don't, you're not out partying or doing anything. You don't give a shit. So um, I was excited to go back to the States. Um, So I'm in Riverside, California, which I guess is kind of like a shitty part of California, but it's California, so it's still pretty cool. <laughs> it's still pretty awesome. Um, the weather's always nice. Uh, yeah. And then, so my mother lived in like this apartment, or my grandmother lived in this like, you know, this California apartment complex. Um, and it was just me and the grandmother. So it's me and this old lady. And I was bored out of my mind it was so boring like it was not the fun experience I thought it was going to be I'm hanging out with this old lady um she and I guess she was in her 60s at that point um she wasn't doing a lot I don't think she was working anymore by then I think she might have retired um 
And then I'm just hanging out. So mostly I was just like watching TV all day, watching reruns. And that was kind of cool because that's really my exposure to like American pop culture, at least American TV from that era. So this is the 80s, like early 80s. Um, It's probably 84, 85, somewhere around there. So I'm watching like daytime American TV and a lot of it's reruns. So that's where I like, you know, I'd watch Chips, Charlie's Angels, um, all the game shows, uh, shit like that. And then there was a pool, like a little apartment complex pool. I'd usually go swimming every day. Um, but it mostly it was a boring summer. I just had this old lady who's kind of crazy. You know, my grandmother was a little batty. Um, Reagan was president then. He'd be on the TV and she'd just be shouting at the TV at Reagan because she hated Reagan. And I'm like, he can't hear you. What the fuck are you yelling at? I never understood people who yelled at TV. It's absurd. Um, if you yell at the TV, I can't be friends with you. I'm sorry. My dad yells at oh, That's not true. My dad yells at the TV. Only in sports, though. Only when the Eagles are playing. That's when my dad yells at the TV. Um, so, yeah, it was a boring-ass summer. So, to alleviate the boredom, I just stuffed my fucking face. There was always all this food in the house. And not really, like, junk, junk food. But I was just eating all goddamn day, just like making toast. I could cook a little bit then. I'm making pancakes. I'm making whatever. I'm eating all, you know, grapes. There's always lots of fruit. I don't really remember what I was eating, but I just remember being bored and like every 30 minutes going to the fridge or eating a box of Triscuits or Wheat Thins. Because my grandmother was kind of, she was like an 80s health nut, I guess. Um which is different than a health nut now, but the 80s health nut was like lots of lots of what we were told were whole grains. <laughs> well, first of all, it's not a nutrition. Maybe, sure, maybe it's a nutrition podcast at this point now because we're talking about being a fat kid, but like whole grains are garbage. It's like nonsense. Um, but back then in the 80s, like in the 80s, Chinese food was considered healthy. That was a big <laughs> Chinese food was health food. We were told American food is all bad. We should eat like the Chinese. Let's go eat. Let's go down to the Chinese restaurant and eat the Chinese food because it's healthy and good for us. It's like nobody, nobody really knows anything about nutrition now. The 80s was absurd with what people thought was good for you. Um, so breakfast every morning was usually like pancakes and uh, my grandmother would put honey on it instead of syrup, which uh, I still kind of like. Um, but lots of like carbs, lots of oatmeal. So not like a lot of sugar cereal type shit. I ate plenty of that later when I got really, really fat. Um, but at this point I was getting fat off of supposedly healthy, like whole grains. Um, yeah, a lot of wheat toast, a lot of buckwheat pancakes. That was health food in the eighties. Um, so after about like I gained I probably gained about fifteen pounds. And I was young. So I came back and I had no idea this was happening. I didn't you know, I'm eight. I was not self conscious. I didn't have any body shame. I didn't care. So I come back to Germany to Berlin. My mom picks me up at the airport and she was pissed. And I didn't know why she was pissed and she's like I can't believe your grandmother did that to you. And I go, what What are you talking about? She's like, and then, um, 
she didn't say anything and then we got home and my mother immediately like called my grandmother and I don't know this is like a nine hour time difference I she probably woke my grandmother up and she's like what happened why is he so fat <laughs> and I'm like what what do you mean I'm not fat but even then it's just sort of like and then the comments everywhere I went for like the next couple weeks people saw me they're like, yeah, hey, you got fat, you got fat. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not fat. What? You know? And maybe I had like a little roll I could feel, like a little roll in my belly. And I'm like, that's not what? <laughs> so immediately people were going with the fat shaming. But I didn't think of myself, you know, in my brain, I was who I always was. I was like, what? I'm not fat. You're out of your mind. Um, so that was the first... Uh, the first experience of people trying to body shame you (laughs) maybe not the first I don't know but that was the first one I remember um and then my parents just proceeded to make it work so or make it worse so my parents were in the military but they were um they were both in the army but they were like intelligence so they didn't have to be in too good a shape and they worked really like weird hours sometimes they'd work like uh, you know, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. To 6 a.m. Or um, they they work shift work. So I never really did that type of shift work when I was in the military or any other job. But they'd have a, uh, you know, sometimes they'd have a noon to midnight shift or something like that. So they were just, you know, working word hours, sleeping word hours. Uh, they grew up, you know, they're baby boomers. They grew up with shitty nutrition. They grew up with TV dinners and shit like that. So that's what we ate. So once or twice a week, my dad did most of the cooking if there was cooking. So he'd make like something decent because he could cook pretty well. But a lot of times they were just too busy. So dinner was make yourself hamburger helper, make yourself a sandwich, uh, eat this bag of potato chips. And then slowly as time went on, uh, or my parents would just give me money and I'd like walk through the snow. <laughs> I'd walk like 30 minutes in the snow to get the whole family like Burger King or McDonald's or something like that. And then walk back and, you know, with like bags of burgers and fries. So a lot of it was that. And so I really, I guess that's the point I really started to get like a little bit of a, like a food addiction. And I realized like, oh, it's, you know. I've got anxiety about, you know, I might get beat up at school tomorrow or my mom was not really a big hugger. I don't know. Maybe at one point I'll get into my issues with parents. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it'll come out here. Who knows? Maybe it's all related. Um, Yeah, my mom suffered from like depression, which I didn't really realize at the time. Um, But she was not emotionally available and I don't know if I I guess I needed it I don't know I don't really need people to be emotionally available now but um yeah my dad was more of the uh he's more of the emotional one um but yeah I don't remember we didn't hug even now like I'll see him at Christmas and hug, and it's weird. <laughs> it's always, I'm like, we hug now? What is this? Uh, so I probably needed that shit when I was a kid, and I wasn't getting it, but food would hug me. 
Um, and if I ever got had a little bit of money in my pocket, yeah, let's go get a double bacon cheeseburger. Let's go get some French fries uh, or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, I just started looking to food for comfort and I got fatter and fatter and fatter. And then I was like the fat kid. I was fat Pat. Fat Pat with long red hair. I look like a chubby little redheaded girl. I was adorable. Um, yeah, so I was, uh, I just kind of got progressively fatter um, all throughout the time in Germany. Um, and then I guess, I guess the worst I was, I guess there were like two peaks. One peak I think was right before i think between eighth and ninth grade i remember like i had a that little summer vacation was that when that was yeah that summer vacation i was eating i don't i was not eating a lot but whatever i ate was garbage i guess i was doing both but i remember specifically like there was a week a week straight maybe it was only five days i don't know but I would scrounge around in the couch cushions for change, whatever change falls out of people's pockets. And it's amazing, like, how much you can find. <laughs> so I think I'd get about $4 worth of quarters or nickels or whatever. And then uh, I'd go down to the little, uh, the shopette, which this is, uh, shopette is like a little, it's like a, an army 7-Eleven. Um, it's basically a seven 11, but for the military, um, or for their kids. And I would go and I'd get a pound bag of peanut M&Ms. I'd bring it back to the house and I would slowly, I'd take all day. I'd re I'd just read a book all day cause it's summer vacation. And then I'd slowly eat one at a time, the entire pound bag of peanut M&Ms. And that's all I ate all day. And I did that at least five days in a row, maybe seven. I don't quite remember. And then one morning I woke up, <laughs> I felt like complete shit. Like I had no energy. I'd just been living off sugar and peanuts <laughs> for seven days. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I can't eat any more of these, goddamn. But it, and that was all financed by all the coins I found in the couch cushions. I wasn't eating any breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It would, That's all I would have all day. I think it was at least five days. Just a pound bag of M&M's. Um, reading like, I don't know, little Dungeons and Dragons and books or whatever nerdy shit I was reading back then. Uh, so that was kind of a low point. That was, like, I guess, a bottom. If I was a heroin addict, you'd call that you know, kind of a bottom. Um, and then I remember a few times, I think it was probably the same summer, a couple weeks later, instead of the M&M's, I'd get a gallon of ice cream and then I would just, I wouldn't eat anything all day except the gallon of ice cream. <laughs> so I was a fat fuck. Uh, but mostly it was, um, what really made me a fat fuck was Coca-Cola. Because my, uh, I think it's mostly my dad. My dad would always have soda in the house, you know, because that's just what you do. You're an American, you drink soda, you have always have some soda in the house. And probably... Between eight and uh, 18, yeah. Um, I probably had six Cokes a day. At least two. Sometimes as many as eight. 
but I was always drinking a couple of Coca-Cola today, maybe a day off here or there, but it was, you know, it's like, oh, Coca-Cola, drink it. It's delicious. Um, that was a big staple. And I, looking back, I think that's the big thing that really just made me a fat fuck. Um, so I was a little fatty in, uh, freshman, yeah, up to freshman year of high school. And then I'd had enough. Cause then I really was like into girls, but I was a fat fuck and they didn't want to have, have anything to do with me. So my sophomore year, I, uh, wrestled. Oh, so I used to swim. Like my first sport was, uh, swimming, uh, when I was real young and I was like competitive swimming. Um, and I was good. I was real good at it. So before I got fat, I was a swimmer and I would, you know, I was super good. I was winning most of the little heats, most of the matches. And then I went away for the summer. I came back and I was like a little chubbier. I was, I didn't come back fat, fat. I just came back like I'd gained a little bit of weight, but that was the beginning of the end. Um, and then that next year I swam again. And I think I swam for another year or two and then I just quit for some reason. I don't know. But even though I was swimming that much, I didn't lose any of the weight. So I must have just been pounding those Coca-Colas. Um, yeah, because I was like, I should have just lost that weight because I was like on the swim team again. And the swim team was pretty much year-round. So I don't know why I didn't lose the weight. I was just eating my ass off. Because the swim, the swim practices were like three hours long after school. And you're just swimming straight laps for three hours. Um, but I kept getting a little bit fatter. <laughs> And then once I just stopped swimming, which I don't know why, I, st- I guess I was bored with swimming. Swimming's not the most exciting sport. Um, so I didn't do any really sports or anything for a few years. Probably between, uh, oh, that's why, yeah, because we moved back to the States. And I lived in Arizona for about a year and a half. And then we went back to Berlin. So even in Arizona, I swam for that summer in Arizona, it was just a summer sport. Um, and then when we moved back to Berlin, I, yeah, so I guess I just had a year in Arizona where I didn't swim because they didn't all the, they didn't have an indoor pool where I was living in Arizona. It was kind of like out in the middle of nowhere. So swimming was a summer thing. And then once the school year started, yeah, then I didn't swim. Uh, and then I came back to Berlin and I just didn't start swimming again. It was like, I was out of the habit. So yeah, then I didn't do any sports until, uh, I guess all through middle school and ninth grade. So I guess it was like a three year break. I didn't do any sports, but I still had, you know, I still had gym and PE every day. I still played outside and ran around. So it's not like I definitely, you know, I played video games like other kids, but I'm of that generation where we still played outside with your friends and did shit. Um, so then I went back to Berlin and yeah, I didn't, I guess 10th grade, that's when I started wrestling. Cause I was like, I got to lose some weight and get in shape. Let me join the wrestling team. Cause that shit looks hard. And it was hard. <laughs> they fucking kicked my ass. But then I got in, you know, decent shape for wrestling. But then I was just a fat wrestler. Um, I wrestled that 10th grade year, I wrestled 189. Um, and I should have been probably wrestling 140. So even when I was like fat, fat, 
If you, if I had been a fat kid in these times, you would not have said I was fat. Probably, <laughs> I'd have just been normal. Because I see these kids now, and they are fucking massive. Like, and I was never the fattest kid. I was just a fat kid. There was always one kid who was super fat. But now that one kid who was super fat, half the kids in these schools I see are like that. It's crazy. I see those little chubsters getting off the bus. Um, Yeah, so I was probably, I don't, yeah, I was probably 40, 50 pounds overweight, which is a lot. But, you know, definitely I was obese. But, um, yeah, I wonder what weight I should have wrestled at at 10th grade. Maybe 150. Yeah. And I started, uh, that year I started, I was definitely over 200. I was about 210 maybe. So I lost a good 25 pounds uh, in that wrestling season. So I definitely thinned out a bit. But I was still fat, yeah. So I guess I was really fat, and then I just became kind of, less fat. Um, but that kind of got me on the path to at least being active again, you know, and I started lifting some weights a little bit. Um, and then that year I did track, I did the fat kid track sports, which are shot put and discus. (laughs) So that just kept me active a bit. Um, they, you know, they made me run three miles every morning or, uh, every practice for track, even though I was doing shot put. So everybody just had to run three miles. Um, but you know, summers, you're not doing sports over the summer. So it's typical kid shit. You know, you do your, you do your sport during the sports season and then summers you just kind of fuck off and gain more weight. Um, so I wrestled my junior year. Um, at that point, that's when I came back to the States to Virginia. Um, actually I played football that year. Yeah. So I started, I played football, and I just kind of did that again because I wanted to be active and I knew I wasn't going to do it on my own. But uh, so I was like a an active, fit, fat kid. Um, was a lineman because I was a fat kid. Fat kids are the linemen. So I did football that year, um, which I didn't love, but it was all right. And then uh, I'm not a big team sports guy. And then I wrestled again that year, and uh, then I was actually a pretty decent wrestler. And if I wasn't as fat, I probably would have been a lot better. Um, just because uh, I think then I was wrestling 210, so that was like a light heavyweight. So I was like taller, had more muscle. I don't think I was any fatter than I was before, um, but I was just heavier. So I. I think I was around 205 at my leanest in that season. Um, And if I was wrestling another kind of husky fat kid, I always won. But occasionally I'd get a guy who was like, they were 205 or 210 and they were just solid muscle. Um, And if they had any skills, they would win because they were just way stronger. But a couple of times I beat some like buff kids um, who just had no... They were just buff, but they really had no athleticism. So that was always fun when they got beat by me, my fat ass. Um, just because I, I had some pretty good skills. I probably, yeah, I definitely would have done better if I was thinner. Um, 
but it is what it is. It's not like I was going to get a wrestling scholarship. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I did football wrestling and then I didn't have any spring sport to do. So I kind of started just running on my own a bit. Um, cause at that point I kind of knew I was going to have to join the army cause shit was kind of hitting the fan with the family and all kinds of shit was going down. And I'm like, I'm going to have to have an exit plan and there's no money for college. Um, so that I was kind of entertaining the thought of just joining the military and I didn't want to, uh, join the military fat and out of shape. So I started running a little bit, uh, kind of building that discipline of going out and doing shit, but I was still kind of fat until, uh, then my senior year started, I was living in Maryland then, and I joined the football team but then my uh, my sister had had leukemia the year before, and she kind of had like a little relapse of, I don't think of the leukemia, but her health was real bad, so she had to go to the hospital for and like be hospitalized again for a couple months. And then I think I just finished two-a-days of football for that senior year, and I was like, you know what? I'm not, I don't love football. I'm not into it. They kind of wanted me to be a lineman where I had still had to like carry the weight. And I was like, fuck this. So I quit football so I could like just take care of my brothers and my sister a little bit. Cause like once she got out of the hospital, like my parents were busy working. Um, cause they had both just gotten out of the, my dad had gotten out of the military. My mother was still in, uh, but my dad was like retraining, you know, to like get a job as a civilian. So I, you know, I was, felt I was kind of needed around the house and I wasn't really into the football. So that was kind of a good excuse just to be like, mm, fuck football. And that's when I really started running. Um, and I got, I just like every morning, uh, six days a week I would run like after school. So, and I was in a new school, so I didn't really have any friends and I was like, I don't need, to, I don't need to go make new friends. I'm going to be gone in a year. Fuck these people. I'm just going to try to keep my grades up super high and then I'm going to lose the weight. And I didn't quite, you know, I still didn't know anything about nutrition back then. It was, it was early nineties nutrition. So it was like low fat. Everything was low fat. So, but, and I was, you know, I wasn't doing the nutrition thing properly. Um, like, as I would say, you should properly do it now. But with the running, that was the most important thing in my life was running. So like three days a week, I would do five miles. That was my short day. Three days a week, I would do eight miles. That was the long day. Um, And I would just alternate back and forth. And I just kind of, it just fell into place. Like I knew that because I was going to run five or eight miles the next day, I couldn't eat a bunch of shit today because then I would feel like shit the next day and I wouldn't go run and running was just super, I was like determined to lose the weight. So most of my meals were like baked potatoes with canned tuna. (laughs) That was pretty much my staple. Um, Breakfast was cereal, like a raisin bran or something like that. Um, Sometimes I make a baked potato. A lot of baked, a lot of fucking baked potatoes. Mostly we just had potatoes in the house all the time because they were cheap. Because 
we were kind of poor back then. Like my parents are really, really struggling for money. Um, so a lot of potatoes in the house and a lot of canned tuna because that was cheap. So that's pretty much all I ate. So there were no chips, no Doritos because I knew I didn't really even think of those as like cutting calories. Like I don't want those empty calories. It was more if I eat this bag of Doritos, if I eat a gallon of ice cream, I'm going to feel like shit the next day and I won't run. Um but I'd still, you know, it's like at that point, my dad was like delivering pizzas. My dad was hustling to like put food on the table while he was like retraining to get like a civilian job. Uh, yeah, he delivered fucking I forgot about that. He's just like he's got four kids. One of them's got leukemia. He's delivering pizzas and shit. Yeah. Um, so that was one of his like three jobs. So um so yeah, so like usually Friday nights, my dad would come home with just like some pizzas he got for half price, and then uh, so yeah, Friday night I'd eat the pizza. I was like, fuck yeah, I love pizza. I'm gonna eat the pizza, but I managed to lose. I guess it took me about it's my entire senior year. So senior year, I was not fat pad anymore. Then I was known as like the running kid <laughs> because everyone in the neighborhood they just see me running back and forth and like other parents in the neighborhood be like, Oh yeah, I see you running all the time. I was just that weird kid. who was just fucking running. Um, and then towards the end I started to hang out with, you know, some different kids, some loser stoner kids and shit like that. Um, and then some other, you know, college bounds, more winner kids, I guess. Um, so I think it, Probably by the time I joined the army, so I guess this is my senior year, so that'd be about a full year plus maybe another four months, so maybe 16, 15 or 16 months, I lost like 85 pounds. So I remember at my heaviest, I talked to my recruiter, my army recruiter, um, he weighed me in, I was, I think I just a little over like 240 and he gave me his little half-assed like body fat percentage, like the army tape, which is not too accurate, but you know it's the standard they use. Um, I think he'd put me at something like thirty-four or thirty-five percent body fat, which for a dude is fat as fuck. Um, so then by the time I left to go to basic training, I was down to one sixty. Uh, I was pretty lean, killing it. Um, but then at that point, like, here's the thing when you're a fat, when you're fat for a while, and then you just think of yourself as the fat kid or the fat person, you get thin, but you never think you're thin. You think you're still a fat piece of shit. (laughs) So by the time I was like 18, I was thin. Um, I never really felt thin I don't even I don't even I never really even feel thin now but I stopped feeling like I was a fat piece of shit I think when I was like almost 22 like it took all it took three or four years for my like I don't know my psyche to catch up to the like physical reality um but even then I'll still I'll still have little moments I'll feel like a fat kid the difference now is I don't care as much. Like if I wake up someday, one day, and 
I don't know. I did eat pizza the night before and I am feeling like a little husky. There's no shame involved. It's like, eh, I feel husky. I got to I got to dial it back today. But I'm I'm kind of okay with it. But it, it was it took me until I was about 22 before like I just stopped giving a shit. Um I wasn't riddled with like shame and anxiety because my fucking love my muffin tops were jiggling. <laughs> And then there were points, because uh, I still didn't really know how to eat properly, and I didn't really know how insidious sugar was. So there were some points in the Army where I would I pack some weight on, um, especially when I would get deployed. Because uh, when you're in Saudi Arabia or Kuwait in August, like there's no running happening. <laughs> there's no running outside. Uh, sometimes they'll have like a little gym facility where, you know, you might do some treadmill mill work, but treadmill is fucking boring. So those play, those times it was more like prison. So I would lift a lot. Um, usually there was some type of like weights available. So I would just like lift and then, but you're bored most of the time. So you're eating a lot too. Um, and the army's fucking, you know, it's uh, for whatever reason, like they promote capitalism and then... <laughs> So just all around you, there'll be free power bars and free like candy bars and free Gatorades, which is all fucking sugar. Um, and I didn't realize at this point, like, like Gatorade makes you fat. <laughs> like the Gatorade was supposed to be like this healthy drink and it's full of sugar. <laughs> like um, Orange juice is supposed to be this healthy drink. It's full of sugar. Um, so when you're bored, you're just, you know, drinking four or five Gatorades a day. You might, oh, I'll eat a candy bar. It's just one candy bar. What's the big deal? There might be free sodas. Oh, I'll have a, I'll have a Coke. It's fine. You just don't realize like how fucking toxic sugar is. And it really just packs the weight on you, especially like liquid sugar. Oh yeah. So that was, I think I was maybe 24, 25 when I realized like, oh, I can't have this liquid sugar because at that point, like I was working out, sometimes I'd work out three times a day. Like I was, but a lot of it, a lot of the working out was motivated by like, like I'm gaining weight. Why the fuck am I gaining weight? Um, and it just became a weird cycle of like, I would run six miles and then I'd swim two miles and then I'd lift for 90 minutes and then of course I, you know, I burned all the, all the fuel in my body, and I'm just reaching for the for sugar because like my body's craving any kind of energy because I just expended like eight thousand calories in a day, um, but I'll suck down ten thousand calories of sugar. Uh, so that took a that took a few years for me to figure out. Oh, I don't need if I don't eat the sugar if I don't drink orange juice or I don't drink Gatorade. Definitely stay away from like Coca Cola. I don't need to work out so hard. And then I actually feel better because my joints and my muscles aren't fucking screaming at me all the time. Um, yeah, that's just something I had to figure out. Nobody, nobody knew this shit back then. So, or at least if they, if they did, they didn't tell me. Um, so that took a while to feel like, oh, so now I'm in, you know, I work out once a day. I'll work out five days a week, sometimes six days a week, just once a day. I'm not doing any two-a-day bullshit. Um, but I'd say I'm probably in better shape than I was in my 20s when I was working out three times a day just because, like, I was always I was always in recovery mode back then. 
Um, and I was just running myself into the ground. So, yeah, the the thing with being a fat kid is like it becomes your identity, and that's that's the hardest thing I had to deal with when I was when I was actually trying to get people to lose weight when I was doing personal training. Um, I always hit a wall with people. I maybe had four or five people who lost significant weight and kept it off. And it was mostly them. Like all I did was I would just give them the information like, Hey, don't eat bread every meal. You know, don't drink orange juice, just shit like that. And if it was genuinely an information issue, like, Oh, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to, I thought orange juice was good for me. I thought raisin bran was good for me. <laughs> if it was that, and they just made that change, they lost the weight. But most people, it's not the information that's the problem. Most people's eating issues are deep-seated, emotional, psychological things, which is why, you know, because it's like any addiction. It's, uh, you know, alcoholism or drug addiction. It's like, yeah... There's a physical addiction, but there's also a reason why you're turning to the needle or why you're turning to the bottle. There's other shit underneath. And that's the hard part to deal with. You know, there's a physical, you know, there's physical symptoms to not drinking alcohol if you're an alcoholic. Um, You're going to go through withdrawal, but what most people can handle that like a physical withdrawal is not it's uncomfortable it's like being you know it's like having the flu um definitely from sugar people most people walk around like needing a sugar fix like there's a physical thing to it but mostly it's like i need that hug i need that hug that mom didn't give me and uh that cupcake is real comforting. And I couldn't, you know, just as a personal trainer, seeing somebody once or twice or three times a week, like I'm not qualified to deal with it. And I didn't have the interest. I'm like, look, I don't, I don't want to help you deal with your emotional shit. That's not, that's not why I got into this fitness gig. Um, that's another professional's problem who costs more than I do. Like I'm an expensive bitch you need somebody even more expensive than me to listen to your shit um, and help you come up with coping mechanisms. Because I would try. You know, I didn't like to fail because I always felt like I was also failing. Um, and I would try giving people different, you know, coping mechanisms. Like, hey, instead of instead of eating that cupcake, try this. But, you know, well, one, you're just a dumbass personal trainer so no one's really ever going to listen to you um i mean people don't listen to their fucking doctors which is fair because most doctors are fucking idiots but (laughs) also 99 percent of personal trainers are even bigger fucking idiots (laughs) so i understand you know if someone doesn't want to listen to me that's cool i get it i probably wouldn't listen to me either even though i do know what i'm talking about but it's also I'm not qualified to deal with people's fucking emotional issues. 
And that's really, that's the tough part of being overweight because it does become an emotional thing. There's a social stigma to it. Um, and it's really like, it's not anybody's fault. It's, it's civilization's fault. It's, it's the government's fault. It's the agra, the, uh, agriculture industrial complex's fault. Um, fucking advertising and marketers. Like I haven't had real like regular TV, like cable TV for over 10 years, but I'll stay in a hotel, you know, turn the hotel TV on like with regular cable. And I'm like, every commercial is fucking burgers, pizza, Coke, beer. It's like, you're just constantly bombarded by something that will comfort you temporarily and then also right afterwards make you feel like shit but you know we're just monkeys so i used to be especially when i was newly thin i was very judgy of fat people like look at these fat pieces of shit but really that was just me i was judging myself or it was like i was so scared of being fat again because it's pretty it's traumatic growing up as a fat kid like kids are not nice to you um but I've gotten over 99% of it at this point and I can laugh about it and say like, yeah, that was a little fat piece of shit, but whatever. It's not like any of the skinny kids were better. They had their own fucking issues. Um, uh, and it really did, you know, I, I find like the people as they get to middle age or older age who really have health problems are the ones who kind of grew up skinny because they never had to develop any decent eating patterns. I think the one, people who like definitely not obese, but always really, really had to watch the weight, watch how much they ate because they could gain weight pretty easily. They always had like just better general eating habits. So when they get older, um, their health is just a little better. But a lot of these, especially like the middle-aged men, who were like rail thin up until maybe their forties. And then they start getting like this little gut. And then every year their gut gets a little bigger, a little bigger. Those are the dudes who eat like shit because they just, anything they ate, they could just handle. They would just burn it off right away. But now it's, it really starts to catch up with them once they hit about 40. Um, and then they're 50 and they've got gout and they've got fatty liver and they're not even like super fat. They just have like a gut. <laughs> but yeah, they're fucked. Um, like they're never, you know, they're not going to develop good eating habits when they're 55. That shit don't happen. Uh, I got these guys, they still, they still like grown men, middle-aged men think Pop-Tarts are acceptable breakfasts. <laughs> they eat like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch. Uh, like, who are you? What do you, they still eat like they're five years old. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, I used to be really, you know, judgy as a newly thin kid of fat people, but now it's like, it's not, I don't know. Some, I still can be. Um, but it's also like, it's not your, it's not, it's not anyone's fault. They got fat. I'll say that. It's no one's like the, the world is stacked against you. 
It's like, hey, don't do heroin. By the way, there's cheap heroin (laughs) on every street corner. There's cheap, free, available heroin on every street corner. But don't do it or you're a piece of shit. It's like, yeah. It's really hard. Um, And especially, you know, my, I've, I've kind of set up my entire life so that it's easy for me to like cook well and eat well. But like, you know, if you got a real, real job, you're a lawyer, if you're working 12 or more hours a day, like, I don't know what the fuck you're going to do. It's pretty impossible. Like, um, yeah, I have no weight loss advice really. It's kind of like. Mostly because you're not going to do it. I love when I hear people say, oh, yeah, I got to start going to the gym. You're not going to do it. You're not. You're just not. If you are, then go. But don't say you need to start going because you're not going to go. Like, why even put that pressure on yourself? Fuck it. Then you're just going to be fat and ashamed of yourself. (laughs) 